We're going to be in Genesis chapter 41. And Genesis chapter 41 is going to be a part 1 and 2 message because of the size of this chapter. And today we're going to be doing part 1 of Genesis chapter 41. And in the previous chapter of chapter 40 of Genesis, we'd seen Joseph... In, in the life of Joseph, and also in the testing and trials of Joseph, Joseph had been put in prison due to false accusations of, of his master's wife. As, as Potiphar, his master's wife, was trying to pursue Joseph in, in sexual activity. And Joseph would have no part of it. So Joseph, one day being in the house with the wife, she pursued him a little stronger than normal. And as he tried to flee from her, she was able to grab hold of a garment of his and use that as a form of evidence that he had been there and tried to do what he did, which was to take advantage of her when it was the other way around. Now Potiphar put Joseph in prison because of it. Now, in Joseph's blessing of that, normally in the Egyptian culture, somebody who was accused of such a thing would have normally been executed. But Potiphar probably had an idea that I don't know about this. I know this young man and I could not see him doing it. But my wife, on the other hand, she's probably making this up. So I'm going to put him in prison to keep peace in my household. That is most likely what happened because of the fact that normally anyone else would have been executed. But God's hand was on him. God's hand was on the situation as we're going to see the beginning of this. Because in chapter 40, during Joseph's time in prison... Joseph was in there, and Pharaoh had two other servants of his thrown in prison. One of them was the butler, who would have been kind of like the cupbearer, and the other one was his personal baker, the one who made his food. Now, we don't know why they were in there. All we know is that they, Pharaoh was angered for some reason and threw them in the prison. And they both had had dreams. And when Joseph had woken in the morning, he had seen their demeanor and that their demeanor wasn't exactly pleasant. So he asked them, what are you guys so sad about? And they were just like, well, we had these strange dreams, but we cannot interpret what they were about. So Joseph said, well, why don't you tell them to me and, and see what comes of it? Basically, because Joseph was making known that God is the one who can interpret dreams. But go ahead and tell me. What it is that you saw. So they, they both revealed their dreams. The butler basically was going to be restored to his position. But the baker was going to be executed. Both of these events were to happen within three days of the time of Joseph's interpretation. Well, after three days, his dreams did come true. The butler was restored. The baker was executed. Why? We don't know. But, again, Joseph's dreams and interpretation came true. So Joseph uh, asked the butler for a favor. just like, hey, can you say a word for me once you get out? Speak of me. But that didn't happen. We'll see. And, and so, but now what we're going to get into is another dream that happened. This time God put a dream on somebody a little more important. And that's going to be on Pharaoh himself. Now, at this time, we don't know exactly how long Joseph had been in for. But as I mentioned before, there was a two-year period that, that, that we would see anything happen again, unfortunately, from the time of, of the butler's release. 
So when it came to dreams, it seemed to have been somewhat of an expertise, if you will, on Joseph's part. Because it was dreams that was given to Joseph in regards to his own particular life as well. And so, if, if there's anybody who can interpret a dream through the, through the gifts and the visions that God have given, it would be through Joseph. And again, we're going to see Pharaoh here having a very strange dream that God gave to Pharaoh. And so we're going to see again, as always, the hand of God being here at work and what was going on here with Joseph. And i got to say, I must really say that it was inspiring to, to see the demeanor and the faith of this man because of the consequences and the circumstances that he faced. Consequences for something he never did. Circumstances which, again, were not on his own hands. But his demeanor and his faith and his trust was, was astounding. It was really something to be, to be looking at as the form of, why can't I be more like that? And, and by the will of God and by the closeness that we, that we grow within God, maybe we will hit there eventually one day soon. Because again, even the strongest people I've ever met are really faced at times through certain trials. And it could be through such things as what Joseph had faced. You know, a lot of times we're at our best only because we're living at our best. But the truth, the true test is how we're seen during the worst of times. So God, again, God's watching, God, God's observing, and He's testing. So may we learn from this, but we're going to see, again, just a, such a wonderful story here. And, and it's been good because, again, the last few chapters have been uh, kind of hard to read at times. But it, that's the, the proof of the Bible and its accuracy is that it gives you the whole account from the good and the bad. And what we're going to start seeing here is a little bit of, of light here at the end of the tunnel for Joseph. So let's go ahead and if you have your Bible, turn to Genesis chapter 41. And we're going to be verse, uh, verses 1 through 7 to start with. And it says, Then it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream, and behold, he stood by the river. And suddenly there came up out of the river seven cows, fine-looking and fat, and they fed in the meadow. Then behold, seven other cows came up after them out of the river, ugly and gaunt, and stood by the other cows on the bank of the river. The ugly and gaunt cows ate up the seven fine-looking and fat cows, and so Pharaoh awoke. He slept and dreamed a second time, and suddenly seven heads of grain came up on the stalk, plump and good. And then, behold, seven thin heads, blighted by the east wind, sprang up after them. And the seven thin heads devoured the seven plump and full heads, so Pharaoh awoke, and indeed it was a dream. So in the previous chapter, I mentioned that Joseph's next chance was in a couple years from the first dream interpretation. The baker and the butler. The, the baker was executed again for reasons not said, but the butler was released as Joseph was able to interpret correctly on their dreams. He asked the butler, as I mentioned, to, you know, to speak of him during his release. Hey, talk about what I was able to do here, right? But obviously nothing came. And as, had, as two years had passed from chapter 40 to 41... We can see the purpose for the delay because of a more influential person was having unexplainable dreams. And that was the Pharaoh, the, the king of Egypt. And even with more authority than Joseph's previous master, Potiphar. And in the previous dreams, each the butler and the baker had seen three items. 
The butler had uh, seen three grapevines, and the baker had uh, three breads, which indicated a number of, of three days. One was in three days of release from prison, the other will be three days executed. Now, Pharaoh sees seven cows coming out of a river, which was most likely the Nile River, which was their main source of water in that area. Then there was the seven heads of wheat. And, and God speaks to people in many ways. Okay, again, the Egyptians were famous for utilizing people to interpret uh, things such as dreams. You know, we have our psychologist today that, that gives it a go on why and how we dream what we do. And, and thoughts of constant things in our minds, you know, possibly something we've seen on TV. Uh, now, that, that wasn't the case there, but I can speak from example of strange dreams with my mind completely clear of anything. I myself had, had not had any thoughts. Everything was completely fine. But then the strangest dream came out of nowhere. One that I have no idea what or why. And that happens. We've experienced that. But yet that dream just appeared as well for Pharaoh. You know, having God on our side is a comfort. And it's also a confirmation that if it wasn't from him, it could be an, oppre an oppression from the enemy. But God is in control and, and is giving Pharaoh some interesting things to wonder. You know, twice within falling asleep in the same night, something definitely came up. Right? Something different and definitely came up as Pharaoh fell asleep, woke up, and had another dream indicating seven items. Now let's take a look at verses 8 through 14 to see what happens. It says, Now it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled, and, and he sent and called for all the magicians in Egypt and all its wise men. And Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there was no one who could interpret them for Pharaoh. Then the chief butler spoke to, to Pharaoh, saying, I remember my faults this day, when Pharaoh was angry with his servant and put me in custody in the house of the captain of the guard. Both me and the chief baker, we each had a dream in one night, he and I. Each of us dreamed according to the interpretation of his own dream. Now there was a young Hebrew man with us there, a servant of the captain of the guard. And we told him, and he interpreted our dreams for us. To each man he interpreted according to his own dream. And it came to pass, just as he interpreted for us, so it happened he restored me to my office, and he hanged him. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon, and he shaved, changed his clothing, and came to Pharaoh. So now the butler remembered about Joseph after a couple of years. But God's timing, again, played a role. Uh, the use of his magicians and wise men could not interpret what was said on Pharaoh's end. You know, the magicians and wise men were, they were real deals in regards to their abilities, but they were of satanic abilities of sorcery and other things that were detestable to God. So Joseph, on the other hand, had gifts of power from God, the creator of earth and heaven and all things which was above the powers and abilities of anything else. Why was that? Well, Joseph didn't have knowledge of, of dreams and sorts to necessarily interpret until that time frame. You know, Joseph, when he had his own dreams, all he did was explain them to his family what he had seen. Now, they were blatant as that he would be a ruler amongst their family, but little did he know what was to come. 
So Joseph, as I mentioned before, yes, he had a, he had interpreting or or uh, experience with dreams, but when it came to being a regular interpreter, this was not something that he was able to do until right then and there. And the thing was, is again. Why was that? Because he had knowledge of God and who he was and what he could do. Joseph's accuracy was showing the superior abilities of his God, our God, versus the made-up gods of the land that did not exist in Egypt. And I love what Peter said in his epistle. He said, always be ready to give an account for the hope that is in us. And he was able to do that this whole time while imprisoned. And second, Joseph could not have been prepared to think about and analyze this dream of Pharaoh's as the other wise men and magicians. They had no clue. He was able to, he was able to, he'll be able to automatically say what needs to be said. And we can always be ready for opportunities by getting to know God better on a daily basis. You know, Joseph kind of like on a, uh, he was like on a modern day court appearance. You know, they shave and change their clothes, in which in the custom of the Egyptians, he, he probably shaved everything, his head, his face, as, as the Hebrew people would, uh, would normally have beards and hair. Uh, the Egyptians were about appearance. Uh, they, they had vanity in them, as, as they also shaved their heads and face for reasons of many different kinds, reasons of war. Uh, normally, it was harder to grab someone by the, by the head or the beard uh, in war when they didn't have hair. And, and so and Joseph is now going to be wearing the garments that they uh, wear as he stands before his judge on earth at this time. So they're, they're shaving, up, shaving him up and giving him the appearance there that, um, as he would in order to stand in front of a judge in our day. And so again, the Egyptians, they had a particular look about them. I mentioned in the previous chapter, they were the first ones to really uh, be the, the creators of cosmetics. They were the first ones to wear makeup in a sense. They were, they were uh, about vanity to an extent, right? Some, of the, some beautiful people, be, uh, beautiful women and so on and so forth. As they were the first ones to, uh, to wear makeup. And so Joseph is now going to be looking the part as he is now facing Pharaoh. And now we're going to be observing verse 15 to 29. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have heard a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. But I have heard it said that of you that you can understand a dream to interpret it. So Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, It is not me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Behold, in my dream I stood on the bank of the river, and suddenly seven cows came up of the river, fine-looking and fat, and they fed in the meadow. And then, behold, seven other cows came up after them, poor and very ugly and gaunt, and such ugliness as I have never seen in all the land of Egypt. And the gaunt and the ugly cows ate up the first seven cows, the fat cows. And when they had eaten them up, no one would have known that they had eaten them, for they were just as ugly in the beginning, so I awoke." Also I had seen in my dream, and suddenly seven heads came up, and one stock full and good. And then behold, seven heads withered, thin, and blighted by the east wind sprang up after them. And then the thin heads devoured the seven good heads, so I told this to the magicians, but there was no one who could explain it to me. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, The dreams of Pharaoh are one, God has shown, Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years. And the seven good heads are seven years. The dreams are one.
And the seven thin and ugly cows which came up after them are seven years, and the seven empty heads blighted by the east wind are seven years of famine. And this is the thing which I have spoken to Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Indeed, seven years of great plenty will come throughout all the land of Egypt. So again, where I find the blessing of the text was where the blessing was on Joseph. And the blessing was due to the glory and the abilities of God that Joseph made known where he, where he got it from. You know, he never took credit for the abilities that he had because by doing that, you know, he would have been taking the honor from God. And from a character standpoint, that spoke volumes because Pharaoh was looking at Joseph as something special. In Joseph, he could have easily ran with it. I mean, after all, we all want to be of importance, do we not? We are of worth to our societies and peers. And, and, and if there is something that we should not be silent about, it's about what God has given us, or even better yet, done for us. Now, Pharaoh, I, I wonder what he thought when he approached Joseph, known as the Hebrew, and to have witnessed his demeanor and his humbleness toward God, and the fact that it was the one true God speaking to Pharaoh through a dream, and secondly, it was interpreting the dream through Joseph. Which actually, again, was Joseph's first encounter with seeing things in dreams. God spoke to him about future events through dreams. Unfortunately, it was how it got him to, uh, to Egypt, when his brothers sold him off when he exposed the dream of him being the leader amongst them. Now, we will see later in different books of the Bible that God used his, his people to interpret dreams from kings of, of neighboring pagan countries, and God used them to simply speak the truth. Yeah, he uses people to tell others what they need to hear versus what they want to hear. And when we close our hearts to God and our ears, you know, he will use whatever means necessary to get someone's attention. And, and again, those closest to God, they know him best. And, and what a pleasure to see that as we talk to God in prayer, that he talks back to us in ways that he knows best. Now let's go ahead and, and look at verses 30 to 36. But after them seven years of famine will arise, and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine will deplete the land. So the plenty will not be known in the land because of the famine following it, for it will be very severe. And the dream was repeated to Pharaoh twice, because the thing is established by God, and, will, and God will shortly bring it to pass. Now therefore let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man, and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this, and let him appoint officers over the land, to collect one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven plentiful years. And let them gather all the food of those good years that are coming, and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh, and let them keep food in the cities. Then that food shall be as a, as a reserve for the land for the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land may not perish during the famine. So as we end there, this dream was one of warning of what was to come to the land. Now, one of the biggest fears anyone could ever have would be that of famine. You know, what he gave him was a 14-year survival plan because it was coming down. Uh, Joseph was able to show some administration skills on top of it with the interpretation of what was to come. But here's what you can do when it happens, right? Is where he was going with this. Lately, I find myself... You know, when I stay at hotels, for example, 
that I, I observe by the front door the fire escape route uh, nowadays because before that I never did. And I was like anyone else. I observed the, when I walked into the hotel room, I, I observed the layout of the room. Uh, I, I would look at the view outside the window. I made sure that I knew how to operate the remote on the television. But it wasn't until I had a fire scare as, as people were scattering to find their way around the staircase. And it's situations that hit us first before we learn to take those precautions. You know, Joseph gave Pharaoh the whole vision that was needed for survival. Plus, advice. Select a discerning wise man. You know, Pharaoh probably got the hint <laughs> that his candidate was right there in front of him. But when I think of Joseph's advice... I was reminded by what Solomon said in the book of Ecclesiastes. It said to cast your bread upon the waters... Okay, now that that doesn't make sense to a lot of us, but see, which that is what the ancient Egyptians did. They would put their wheat on the Nile uh, River as it flowed to areas near dry land, and it would actually wash up on those dry lands area areas near the water, and it would produce a crop where it landed. And because it would it would be right there amongst the river, they had a very uh, very large produce of wheat that would grow, and we're going to see. In the, in the next chapter, uh, some of the blessings of, of abundance of wheat. But even the wisest, craftiest of farmers, or anyone in agriculture, can only do so much. Because no man can create water, nor can he create growth. By what God created for the means of growth, he gave us the abilities to tend and to care for such things. But only God can create or preserve for our means. There's only so much that man can do. See, Joseph was in favor of God. And yes, even as he was in prison, because the, you know the, the reward will be greater than the trial and suffering, we're going to see that. But I've said before, you know, being a Christian doesn't stop problems. We just have the problem solver living in us. And I'll remind us that constantly. And Joseph, well, he definitely had the problem solver living in him, living with him the whole time. Which is the only reason why Joseph was able to, to maintain his, his demeanor, his composure. You know, when people walk so close to God, it, it's amazing how things just don't seem to really bother them as much, you know. And again, the prayer is, is that every one of us could get there one day. We we have we have worries, we have concerns, you know. But the Bible says not to worry or to concern or to be concerned, but to pray and to give it to God because He cares for us. To cast our cares upon Him because He cares for us. There's only so much we can do. He gives us the abilities, but He's the only one. They can fix it and eliminate things, not us. And so looking at Joseph's situation, we don't know exactly at this time how long that he had spent in jail, but we know that he'd been there for, for some time from the looks of it. For some time for doing nothing. And a lot of people would say, well, how can, how can God allow such a thing if that was the case, if he was such a righteous God? Well, God, again, as I mentioned, God did protect him. 
He, Joseph, not only was he put in prison, but he was actually put in charge of other people, right? He was almost kind of like, again, everywhere he went, he seemed to be, who was going to be one, who was anointed for the task to be put in charge of something. His dream interpreted that he was going to be the, the head of his family. Well, his brothers went ahead and, and, and made sure that that wasn't going to happen, but the joke will be on them later. Joseph was, was sold to the, to the head captain of Pharaoh, right? And, and he was put in charge of Potiphar's household. He was put in charge of all of this stuff. But that fell to the wayside. He gets thrown in prison. But then he gets put in charge of everyone in there as almost like a, almost like a prison guard of, of prisoners, but he was a prisoner as a guard as well. He was in charge of what was going on in there. So God, whether he have a sense of humor or whatever the case may be, he has more of a providing hand upon those who were closest with him. And Joseph amazingly kept his demeanor. And, and we can't say that we uh, we could never brag about our abilities and we could never brag about our strength. But we could brag about the Lord's. And we could brag about the strength that He gives us because we can't do it on our own. So at this time, I want to always give that opportunity to give us the ability to open our hearts and to receive the One who is with us at all times. See, the Bible says that the Lord says, I'll never leave or forsake you. Now, after reading this, people would say, like, I have a problem believing that after what i just seen. But you got to read the whole Bible. You need to read the whole Word of God in order to see what He's done in the lives of people. I will even say that the faith of others I've read... That have even said that even if God were allow us to take our lives, to have our lives taken, we will not forsake Him. And that there is the ultimate of faith, regardless of what He wants to do with our lives, whether our lives are done for tomorrow, we will not forsake His name. Because in the long run, we know where we're ending up, and it was in, it's going to be in His presence. And that is the only thing we know for sure in life, is that we will end up in His presence. Or not. So I want to give the opportunity to be able to say when it's all said and done that I'm going to be in heaven with our Lord. And that is through the receiving of His Son, Christ Jesus, as your Lord and Savior who died for the sins of this world. And we take Joseph, and Joseph, as we know, was considered like a kind of like a comparison to that of Jesus. Je Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver, you know, uh, by Judas Iscariot. And, and Joseph was sold for uh, even... Uh, for, for silver as well by his own brothers to these, uh, to these nomad uh, uh, Ishmaelites passing by. And, and so their lives were very, very comparable to each other, very, very parallel to an extent. But you see, Joseph does not offer salvation. Only Christ Jesus does. So if you want hope... If you want life in eternity, I want to give you the opportunity to receive that now. And that is through a prayer of repentance and a prayer of faith. And if you feel led, then you can say this prayer after me. Father Lord, dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins.
I confess to you, Lord, that I am a sinner. And I ask, Lord, for you to receive me, Lord, when my time is up. Father, I want to thank you for having me, Lord. As Lord, as I now receive you in my heart as my Lord and Savior, may you receive me into your kingdom when my time is up. So Lord, I want to thank you. I want to praise you, Lord. And I want to love you, Father, for having me. As I receive you now, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, whatever we go through in life, through the good and through the bad, please know that our ultimate advocate is right there watching. And he's always watching us. So I want to make sure that you know him. So may you continue in the study of the word together as we seek him day by day. May God bless and keep you.